Blessings to you and welcome to Walk in the Word. I'm your host, Robin Boone. Walk in the Word is a podcast where we are learning to live according to the Word of God. God's Word is powerful. It is quick. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm going to read from Hebrews 4, 12, and then we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to get into our episode. Hebrews 4.12 from the Amplified Version. God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We cannot get away from it no matter what. Woo, I tell you. All right, hang on. I'll be back in just a moment. Are you feeling stuck? Have you ever felt stuck? Have there ever been times in your life where you just felt like there was nothing you could do to get out of a situation, to change a situation? You ever felt like you were unable to move to the left or to the right? As a matter of fact, maybe God told you, don't move to the right or to the left? I remember I was thinking earlier about a time in my life. This was quite, excuse me, this was quite a while ago. But part of the instruction that God gave me was do not move to the right or to the left. And I was supposed to wait on him for a promise that he gave. And notice I said, supposed to have waited. Well, I took that instruction and I didn't wait. As a matter of fact, I pushed through, forgot all about that. Don't look to the right or the left, but wait. And I literally made a mess. And I think most of us can attest to that, that when we don't wait on God, we make a mess. When we press through and we push through and we do what we want to do and we go where we want to go, we say what we want to say, we we be with who we want to be with, no matter what God says, And he has given specific instructions. You know, he makes it so plain, whether it's through words from him, from someone else, words of warning, whether it's through things that happen, circumstances that say, wait, don't do anything. Ooh. So I'm going somewhere with this. Let me get back to this. You ever feel 
like you are stuck and there's nothing you can do. And really, you've tried everything. So when we feel stuck, I really want to deal with this in this episode. I'm going to give you a definition of stuck. All right. And this is the this is from the Cambridge Dictionary. So stuck is when you are unable to move from a particular position or place or unable to change a situation. Synonyms for stuck are lodged, embedded, trapped, caught, wedged, jammed, set, immobile. You can have a sense of being stranded, lost, shipwrecked. So what do you do when you're stuck? Let's say you're stuck in a situation. Or let's say you're stuck in a job that you, you know, you kind of feel like it's time for you to move on. What if you're stuck in a relationship Well, there's nothing you can do to change it. And you don't really have a reason to leave or end the relationship. And any relationship, I'm not just talking about male, male to female, but um, friendship. Just think of relationships and you're stuck. When I thought about this, I thought about Job, Job in the Bible, the Job who was tested in a way that many of us, we wouldn't be able to stand it. But Job withstood the test. There was nothing he could do to change his situation. His body was sick. His wife was feeling his grief and his pain and lashed out with words that crushed him. His children perished. He lost everything. Almost to the point of his own life, but God wouldn't let the the devil touch his life. He wouldn't let him take his life. Because if you remember the devil who was roaring, I'm sorry, roaming about trying to see whom he could devour, he approached God about Job. What about him? He's so righteous. How about I do thus and so? Let's see how righteous he really is. And God said, go ahead. You can do everything to Job, but you may not, you cannot, you will not take his life. So Job found himself stuck.
What did he say? One of the things Job said that this is what came to my mind as he processed through all of this agony and all of this grief and all of this pain that he was experiencing physically, mentally, emotionally, any kind of pain you can think of, pain from outside, pain from friends who thought they knew best for him, that thought they knew what was going on, that kind of pain of not being understood, the pain of being rejected by your own spouse, the pain of losing your children, in a tragic way. What does Job say? In Job chapter 14, verse 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Verse 15, thou shalt call and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to the work of thine hands. Job is not dead. So Job is saying there is hope. Because in verses above, he talks about how the dead die. They can't, that's it. That's their end. They're not going to rise again because they're dead. And he's not talking about, because he does say um, when the earth is no more, that's when the dead will rise. So we know that he knows that there will be a resurrection of the dead to life. But at this point in time, Job is saying, when the dead die, they don't rise again. But he's saying, I see that I have an appointed time. And that time has not come yet. So I'm going to wait until the Lord brings about my change. I'm stuck here. Oh, yes. And I'm in a bad, bad way. But I'm going to wait. I'm not going to take my own life. Yes, I've lost everything. But God has, my Lord, God has preserved my life. And while I'm suffering and while my health is in the tank, while I have lost everything that means anything to me, I'm still going to wait. I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm not going to destroy my life. I think about uh, Saul, King Saul, who was, um, it was, it was basically over for him and he knew it. And he, in battle, he fell on his own sword. He was wounded and he knew it was the end for him. He perceived it was the end for him. It was prophesied that he would. But he ended his own life instead of him waiting for the end, waiting for God to take his own life. And of course, this is a whole different situation. But my point is Job did not do as Saul did. 
Job knew that there was more for him. So he waited. You need to read chapter 14. I I saw it in a whole different light. Job 14. But he waited on God. There are so many people who feel stuck. And And when we feel stuck, you know what comes along? Hopelessness. We start feeling hopeless like, This is never going to change. It's always going to be the same. It's always going to be like this. I'm in this place. I don't know what to do. I can't get out. You know, I've I've tried applying to all these jobs. I've I've tried uh, going to counseling. I've tried in this relationship. I've tried talking and talking and talking and talking. Nothing is changing. The person isn't changing. Nothing is moving. It's just stuck. Just stuck. I've been trying to get out of this apartment. And everywhere I apply, they can't they won't let me in. They're they're saying I don't have good credit or I I don't have this or I don't have that. I'm trying to establish this business and nothing is moving. Nobody is coming. Nothing is changing. I'm trying to establish this ministry, but nothing is moving. I'm stuck. I'm lodged. I'm trapped. I can't change it. Job said, I will wait. And then I thought about this woman in the New Testament. Oh, she touched my heart, y'all. Mark chapter 7. We know her as the Syrophoenician woman, the Greek woman, the woman who had no right to go to Jesus about anything because she wasn't a Jew. But check this out. Look what Jesus does. This woman was stuck. She didn't know what else to do. But she heard about a man. She heard about a man named Jesus. Let's go to Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. And from thence, Jesus arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, Sidon, and entered into a house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid. I mean, this is Jesus, right? (laughs) For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit. Her daughter was demon possessed. She heard of him and came to that house and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him, begged him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled. In other words, let me take care of my own people. For it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. 
I'm going to read this from a different translation. You'll see Jesus is not calling this woman a dog. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. This woman was stuck. There was nothing else she could do, but she looked to Jesus. She looked to Jesus. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, y'all. When we are stuck, when we don't know what to do, when we literally, truly cannot move, when we have tried everything and we're still stuck, we're still lodged, we're still embedded, we're still trapped, we're still immobile, we can't move, no matter what we do or what we try, what do we do? Where do we turn? Who do we go to? It's in those times, and I know y'all have already come up with the answer, right? (laughs) Especially based on that last scripture in um, Psalm 122. We look to Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. We look to him and what we do when we can't move, when we literally cannot get out of a situation. We wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord. He will strengthen our hearts to stay in that situation until our change comes. Because as I was saying earlier, if we keep pushing and pushing and pushing and making a way and trying and making our own way and making our own doors open, coming up with solutions and strategies that have nothing to do with what the Lord has ordained for us, we will make a mess because eventually he will let the doors fling wide open. I am a witness. He will say to you or show you, okay, I have told you, I have sent Words, I have given you circumstances. I have shown you. You have seen with your own eyes. Do not move. You're stuck because I want you to be stuck. Because I want you here. But since you have determined in your mind that you're going to make your own way, go for it, sis. Go for it, bruh. Go for it. You will have 
and many and most of you have experienced that it only becomes a mess where you have to return to the Lord. Repent, cry out to him and do what only you can do. Get back in that situation you were in where you felt stuck and wait and let him fix it. And our merciful God will fix it for us. But we have some work to do too. And this is where I wanted to come to. While we're stuck, instead of pushing forward and really trying to make doors open on our own. Now, I'm not talking about when God has given you a vision and he's get, and he's given you the strategies and he's given you the insight and the tools and all of the things that you need to move forward and it's hard and you have to press through. I'm not talking about the God ordained thing. I'm talking about the stuck when he, and this is God ordained too when he wants you to stay where you are and stay stuck. He's not going to call it stuck. He wants you to sit in it. Um, This, uh, I, I brought her up before, but Marilyn, who is a life coach, you know, one of the things that she says, and I believe that she pulled this from someone else, but I don't know who that was. She mentioned it, but you know, she says, if you sit in a situation long enough, the answer will come sit there long enough, God will reveal what he wants you to do next. Look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who knows the path that you should take, who will guide you. Sit there long enough and let him guide. Learn who he is. And this is a thing that one, that I learned that when we are stuck and, we're, and you know we try and we can't get out, well, okay, God, What is it you're trying to teach me? Not necessarily, why are you doing this to me? How come I can't get out of this? What you doing? No, how about, Lord, what is it you're trying to teach me in this? What is it you want me to learn? And more than likely, he's going to respond with, I want you to learn me. I want you to get to know me. I want you to to search me. Learn of me. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know my will. I want you to spend time with me. You've been moving and trying and trying to get unlodged and trying to get untrapped and uncaught and unwedged and mobile. You've been trying to move and, and, and do all these things, but I need you to be still. I'm trying to get you to see. I need you to get to know me. Because when you get to know me, daughter, when you get to know me, son, then you'll know my voice. You'll hear me. You'll hear me when I say, okay, now is time. Man, and when he does that, you will be launched. 
You're not just going to step out of the stuck place, but he's going to launch you right out and you'll be ready. Sis, bruh, stay stuck. If God wants you there, stay there. Don't move. I urge you, don't move until he says move, until he opens the door. Because when he does it, man, and it's not saying everything's going to be smooth from then on out, but when he does it, you're going to have peace in knowing that this is God and you won't be able to take credit for anything. When God does it, (laughs) listen, if you're single, let me speak to my single sisters and brothers. If you are single and you feel stuck and you have tried everything, you have tried to make things happen on your own and it's just not working, you've made a mess, you've made shipwreck of whatever relationships you were trying to have, get on back to God. Listen, get back to God. Get to know him. Let him pour out his love upon you. Let him show you that he is the perfect companion. And if and when there is a time for God to to unite you with the one that he's chosen for you, you will know it. You will know. Wait until your change comes from the hand of God, not from your own hand. Now, I'm not saying sit in a dark room and, you know, where nobody can see you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying learn God because he will, oh, Lord, listen, he will instruct you on how to move, how to make changes inside and outside. He will instruct you on how to make changes within yourself. He will instruct you on how to make changes or the changes that you need to make outside of yourself, on the outside of you, in your home, in your life, your your attitude, your spirit, your mindset to prepare you for that one. God will do it, but wait on him. Let him do the work. And when it's time, you will know. You will know. So wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Let him strengthen your heart. Be like that Syrophoenician woman. As far as going to the one she knew had the answer that her daughter could be set free. Even if you have a daughter or a child and you know there's nothing else, you you have tried every, you have tried mentors, counselors, medicine, psychologists, psychiatrists, you have tried everything. Try God. Seek him. He's the one who gives the wisdom that you need on the next step next step you should take. He will guide you, but he won't do it. He tries. He does try. But we oftentimes reject him because we're so impatient because we want to get unstuck so quickly 
But back up. Back up. Sit still. Get in his word. Quiet yourself. Read the word. Listen to the word. Let him minister to you. Let him let him pour into you. Whether it's through a preacher, you know, Bible study, all of that. All of that comes into play. All of it. Let him reveal himself. Get to know. Get to know this Heavenly Father. Get to know the Holy Spirit. And he will... He will show you what moves you need to make. <laughs> he will. I see this thing posted on Facebook all the time, you know, about moving silence. And then, bam, you know, God just opens you up. And, you know, but not until he's ready, y'all. Not until he's ready. Because when he's ready, that means you're ready. All right? All right. Will you do that? Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity to pour out what you have poured into me. I pray your blessings, your wisdom, your counsel. I pray that those who are stuck will stay there until you release them, until you launch them. God, have your way in their lives and in my life. Do what you want to do as we settle in and allow you to teach us more about who you are. Father, I thank you. You are so great. You are so amazing. You're so awesome. You're the best father. And I thank you. Lord, all praise, all glory, all honor is yours belongs to you. Have your way. Open the eyes and the hearts of those who don't know you, who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Open their hearts. Fill those with the Holy Spirit who need to be filled, who desire to be filled with your Spirit, that they may walk and live this Christian life empowered. I thank you, Lord God, for the many blessings that you have coming our way. Those who are struggling, those who are being persecuted for righteousness sake, God, strengthen them. I pray protection over your people, God, everywhere. Those who are stuck and cannot escape physically and literally, I pray your grace upon them, God. Send your angels to protect and cover them, God. Deliver them in miraculous ways that they can only attest, attribute to you, Father. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. 
Hey, I just wanted to add something to this episode. I mentioned about the Syrophoenician woman, but the first thing I want to address is uh, in this episode, when I talk about being stuck, I am in no way, in no way suggesting that those who are in abusive relationships, relationships, in no way am I suggesting that you are stuck there. No way. So get out, okay? All right, second thing. The Syrophoenician woman, I talked about how Jesus was not calling her a dog um, in Matthew 15. In In that chapter, Jesus is saying to the woman, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. He's not calling her a dog. You take that out of context. It's not an insult. It is, he's created a metaphor to explain the priorities of his ministry. It's just a metaphor. And he was also teaching an important lesson to his disciples. Okay, thank you.